Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. I never know what our theme song sounds like. I'm starting to learn what it sounds like now. Good. Yeah. Since you wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Wrote it. Wrote it in five minutes. Quotes. Yeah. But um, the only thing we wanted to mention is that we are realizing that, you know, like there have been serial killers while we've been alive. Yeah. And two in my state while I've been alive. BTK and the newest one. Well, not the newest one. The one that the newest episodes of Morbid John something Robinson have. He was literally in one of his victims went to one of the high the four high schools in my school district that i went to and like they're like he had a house on this street that's down the street from my house and i was literally Yikes. alive while they were doing this why were there two of them in kansas and why was i alive during both of them like it's i don't know we talk about serial killers so much but it's like they feel like far away and like yeah. a long time ago or like i don't know nope down the street while down i was street. a baby yep <laughs> it's fine how did my parents deal I don't know. I mean, thanks for giving me life, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that sounds but so terrifying. It's just really creepy. I really, who knows if there's any, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? <laughs> there's any uh, serial killers out there right now. Yeah, walking among us. That's so creepy. I know. Anyways. Which actually uh, kind of ties into my <gasps> case today. I didn't even know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, tell so, us what we're talking about. So today, I am talking about the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. So there are several reasons I wanted to cover this case. Um, firstly, it is iconic, scary, and unsolved. Sydney really loves an unsolved I case. I do. I really do. I don't love, like, researching them as much. I think I do. I like the layout of them better for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. Um, and also, this case inspired movies, and it inspired urban legends, and I think it might have been at least a little bit of inspiration for the first Zodiac murder, or at the very least, they're similar. And Katie here knows that Zodiac is, like, the serial killer that I find the most fascinating. Yes. So. She loves. She doesn't love. Yeah, that's why she I recorded likes, it. So she weird. enjoys the movie Zodiac. I do enjoy the movie Zodiac. <laughs> Wick. 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 <laughs> whack. That's whack. whack and sick together. Wick. wick. It has Mark Ruffalo and it has Robert Downey Jr. Jake and Jake Gyllenhaal. But <laughs> didn't mention Get in your house, man. Get in your house November 19th. <laughs> but anyway. I'm just kidding. So. It's not a threat for me. It's not a threat for me, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> love the album that you inspired yes it's my favorite um, i will be listening to the 10 minute version of the song written about you i will be doing that all the time anyway let's move no on shade to you but let's move on <laughs> so anyway texarkana is split between texas and arkansas so it's kind what? of like kansas city like where it's like yeah but it's not each, called but, that but it's not called kansas city no it's not what's no, no it's not called the two <laughs> states put together can kansuri ew kansas and missouri do not like each other. <laughs> well go back so, to the civil war and learn about it sydney <laughs> oh my gosh so in texarkana um 
we're going to be mostly talking about Texarkana, Texas, but there was some things that happened in this case in Arkansas as well. Um, And this is a shout out to our Texas listeners. Yes. We gave you some shade recently. So this is really for you. This is an apology, but it's not very nice apology since it's about murder. Yeah. Well, this is like considered like the biggest unsolved murder case in Texas. We're going to solve it for you. That's (laughs) your gift. You're welcome. Um, I'm feeling in the solving mood. We're just going to put all the pieces together. (laughs) Um, So there was some crime in Texarkana. It was sometimes called Little Chicago. We were there when the pandemic started. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, And their downtown area had like a lot of train stations. It was like a railroad hub. So there were a lot of like transients coming through. Um, So there was some crime and stuff like it wasn't like outrageous, but it did exist there. It wasn't really like like everyone likes to be like, we never locked our doors and stuff. I was like, literally talking about that with my coworkers today. Yeah. Yeah. How it's always those people that, you know, are in the crime world. Like something's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah. So there was also the issue of the city being split between two states. So there was some rivalry between the states, including like law enforcement issues and stuff mm. like that. So there was a criminal minds episode like that with Kansas City. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> But I will say they did like seem to work pretty well together. So that's good. That's good. So in this case, there are four attacks and three of them happen on the Texas side. And the last one happened on the Arkansas side. Okay. Also, I'm sorry. Every time I read Arkansas. You read Arkansas. Yeah. I don't like to Think about it. Like, I know it's not Arkansas. (laughs) But anyway, so she's loyal to me, guys. I'm from Kansas. She only thinks about me. (laughs) Sure. So just before midnight, we have to. (laughs) Sorry. We're in a goofy mood. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just in a silly, goofy mood. Shamar Warren, it's on TikTok. (laughs) So get on TikTok and follow us. (laughs) Don't tell them. (laughs) No. We're not, that energy is not welcome here. (laughs) No, we, listen, you better enjoy this podcast. Give us a good review on Apple Podcasts or else we'll send you a free sticker, but it will send you a free sticker even if you leave us a good review. I'm threatening them with prizes. (laughs) Okay. Just before, Derek, you can cut any of that out. It's really stupid. I thought it was funny. Just before midnight on Friday, February 22nd, 1946, was the start of a nightmare in Texarkana. So 25-year-old Jimmy Hollis parked at a lover's lane with 19-year-old Mary Jean Larry. Oh, yep. Sounds like Zodiac. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And some sources say they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but it was actually their first date. That sucks. So they had gone on a double date with Jimmy's brother, and they'd all gone and seen a movie, and then they went to an all-night diner, which all-night diners are kind of like a thing in this case. Like, everyone went to all-night diners. I always went to IHOP. Yeah. With my band I always went to, like, Waffle House with my theater friends, so times haven't changed, I guess. Now you know why we're weird. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, gosh. (laughs) So after the double date, it sounds like the night was going well. So Jimmy and Mary Jean dropped off the other other couple before they parked on an unpaved street about 100 yards from a road of homes. And they're essentially just like kind of outside of a neighborhood. Okay. So around 11.55 p.m., 10 minutes after they had parked, a man wearing a white cloth mask appeared at Jimmy's door. And the mask is essentially like a pillowcase with eye holes cut out. No, Like tiny little eye holes. And the masked man held up a flashlight and a pistol and shined the flashlight through the driver's side window. 
And at first, Jimmy thought it was a prank or something. And he Why said, would you think that's a prank? I don't know. I would not think that's <laughs> no. a prank. But he said something along the lines of like, I think you have the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, I would also think. I guess yeah. I would think that. And the masked man responded, I don't want to kill you, fellow. So do what I say. Alrighty. I'll give you anything you want. So at this point, the masked man ordered Jimmy and Mary Jean to leave through the driver's side door. So they both like Got exited like right next to him because he's at the driver's side yeah, door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once they were outside, the man told Jimmy to, quote, take off your goddamn britches. <laughs> Apparently, Jimmy wasn't like responding to this right away. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. And Mary like was like, please listen to him. Take Just your do pants it. off. Just take your pants <laughs> off, man. Um, so Jimmy complied, and the man hit him twice in the head with the pistol. Oh, my God. So hard that it actually fractured his skull in three places. Ouch. And the sound of his skull fracturing was so loud that Mary Jean assumed he'd been shot. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's scary. That's really freaky. At this point, Mary Jean assumed that the attacker was robbing them. So she like showed him Jimmy's wallet and was like showing <laughs> she him. She pulled like, it. <laughs> this is his. She's it. like, we don't have any money. Yeah. And the attacker said she was lying. And he was like, I know you have a purse. And she's like, I don't. <laughs> and after this, she too was hit in the head with a blunt object, which is believed to have been a piece of iron pipe. Ow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where did he get that? I don't know. So it's after, a man, right? Yeah. Okay. After hitting <gasps> solving her, it, <laughs> so she's thinking this through. After hitting her, the attacker told her to stand and then told her to run, which is just cruel. Yeah. And also, she's in heels. Because is he going to kill her anyway? Mm, no. Okay. So then it's not as spoiler. Cool, I guess. Mary and Jimmy both survived this attack. Wow, that is so a miracle. So Mary started to run in heels. In I can't heels. do that. And she started to go towards a ditch, and then the attacker yelled at her to run up the road instead. That's mean. I can't run up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, this whole attack, like, what is he doing? Like, what is his motive? I don't motive? think he knows what he's doing. No, he's just like, Chaos. he's just power tripping. Yeah. Chaos. And so Mary ran towards an old car that was parked off the road, but no one was in it. Obviously. And an attack, the attacker caught up to her when she was at the car. Why and was he running? What about the other guy? Was he knocked out? I mean, he, he like fractured his skull. So okay. he's like knocked out. Okay. But, okay. Um, so he ran after her, caught up to her at the car and asked why she was running. <laughs> and she said, you I told me to. <laughs> yeah. And he said, you're a goddamn liar. Oh, you didn't tell me to bleep. Oh. <laughs> you're a bleep liar. <laughs> I didn't know you wanted to bleep, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. So We might have to put an explicit warning on this. We, we say <laughs> shit and stuff all the time. That doesn't feel explicit to me. <laughs> I don't understand your levels of explicit. <laughs> words that I feel comfortable saying and words that I don't <laughs> Okay, I'm just kidding. So at this point, he hit her with the lead pipe or iron pipe again. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be a bit graphic. I'm not going to go into detail, but at this point he sexually assaulted her with the barrel of his gun, Ugh. which is just horrific. It, but Mary is a badass. And so after that, she stood up and she looked him in the eye and she said, go ahead and kill me. Oh my gosh. I, know. I mean, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And so at this point, the attacker fled, which we'll get to it later, but mm. it's believed to be that there were headlights, and so he thought coward. people were coming. So he ran. He's a coward. And Not Mary that Jean, I wanted him to kill her, but... No, but yeah. What a wimp. So Mary Jean started to run again, 
she ran a half mile towards the nearest house where she saw a car driving by and she tried to flag them down for help, but they ignored her. That's rude. I would stop. Mm, I guess I don't know if I would stop. It's like if I saw a woman who had been like looking that distressed, I probably would. I'm assuming her clothes are probably a mess if what happened. Yeah. And I mean, she's been hit in the head. She's probably like bleeding. I would probably stop for that, actually. But but it's just like it's so hard because it's like I understand that fear of like you see someone late at night, like you don't know what's going on, like you're scared. But But it's like, oh. I'm sure she was crying. Yeah. Thankfully, Mary Jean was able to wake the residents of the house that she was near and they called the police. Good. Meanwhile, Jimmy was still alive and he was able to flag down the help of someone driving by where he had been left. Mm-hmm. which his skull is fractured in three places and yeah. he was able to get up and flag someone that's down. That's impressive. That's a miracle. Yeah. So it, like I said, it's believed to be this car that scared off the attacker. Good. Um, and get this, the person who stopped to help Jimmy left him there to go get help. <laughs> he was like, yeah, man, I'll go get help. <laughs> like, you know, guys don't always think things through. If I was Jimmy, I'd be like, no, no, I'm getting in yeah. your car. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he wasn't thinking though. No, but he like, was that's just so survive. Scary. He was in survival mode. I would be so pissed. Yeah. So the driver went to a funeral home nearby and called the police, and they arrived on scene within 30 minutes. Okay. And so now I could talk- be faster, but whatever. I mean, what year like was this? 46. Okay, maybe it <laughs> so. could be faster. Um, and I'm gonna describe the scene a little bit. So Jimmy's pants were found a hundred yards away from the car. So I'm like, okay. Did the attacker make them walk that far from the car, or did he, he like throw the them. pants, or like? Yeah, maybe he was carrying them. I don't and know. Then dropped. It's them. just interesting. Wait, which way? Towards where? What's her name was? I don't actually know. Is her name Mar- Mary? Mary. Mary. Mary Jean. Mary Jean. I I actually don't know which direction. Okay. I just it just said a hundred yards. Okay. And both Mary Jean and Jimmy agreed that the attacker was around six feet tall and seemingly young, but that's kind of where the similarities end. Jimmy claimed he thought the attacker was like a white man that was like pretty tan, but Mm. Mary Jean thought that he was a light skinned black man. And based on everything, it does seem like everyone believes that he was a white man just Mm -hmm. based on like profile and stuff like that. Um, And also this is the forties in Texas. So there are probably a lot of black men getting blamed for crimes that they didn't commit yeah i mean honestly i don't see a white man wearing a hood or i mean i don't see a black man wearing a hood that resembles a kkk hood yeah yeah valid i really don't see that happening no and thankfully like when they started investigating they were mostly looking at white people and stuff so it's probably that's probably it yeah (laughs) so at this point also the police really challenged jimmy and mary jean's account they thought that they knew the attacker and were covering for him for some reason Mm -hmm. which is stupid like yeah they were attacked and like she was assaulted like why would they cover for someone i would not no no like that's ridiculous yeah so and i feel really bad for them because their account wasn't believed and then like police just really didn't take their story seriously for a while yeah um the attack wasn't heavily reported in the media because police believed it was too gruesome and they also had no reason to believe that it would be followed up by more attacks just yeah which is fair yeah but but also if the guy got away Mm -hmm. i wouldn't rule out i guess serial killers weren't like officially yeah it's like they didn't have a term or an idea of what a serial killer was really so yeah unfortunately only four weeks later the first murders would happen 
You said there were three in Texas. Mm-hmm. One was this the first attack. One of the three in Texas. Yes. Okay. There's four total attacks. Yes. There are three total survivors. Okay. Two. We know two yes. of them. What yes. are there? Mary and uh, Mary Jimmy. and Jimmy. Jimmy. So around 8:30 a.m. on March 24th. The bodies of Richard Griffin and Polly Ann Moore were found in Richard's Oldsmobile sedan. That's really hard hard to to say. say. I get it. On a lover's lane parked just off the highway. Now, not to speak ill of the dead, but Richard was 29 and Polly was 17. (gasps) No, Richard. And they'd been dating for six weeks. No. Can I I ask an off-topic question? What makes a lover's lane? It's just like a, a secluded area that... You can sit and make out. Yeah. I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't know either. But like, yeah, it's basically just, I think they. I don't know if there was like specific, because there's like in Nashville, there's Love Circle, which is like a park. But I don't know if I never like think about other places. So I think what's interesting in this case, they refer to most of them as like a lover's lane when really it's just like, like, especially in the first one, they just parked on the secluded street. Yeah. I think that I believe it's this one and the next one were more commonly known like lovers lanes where okay. people like went okay. more generally. Actually, I think it's this one that like people went there okay. as a lovers okay. lane more generally. Okay. So yeah, he was 29. She was 17. Yuck, Richard. It's gross. <laughs> I know. What it's the was 40s. her name? Pauline? Polly. Polly. Like, I'm really sorry. I have very, sometimes I have a really good memory and sometimes it's okay. names I don't. There's also a lot of names in this one. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a little, little gross and yeah. I just needed to say it. But they had last been seen around 10 p.m. the previous night at a diner with Richard's sister. How old was she? I don't know. I wonder what she thought about the age difference. <laughs> Let, let's ask. Yeah. What's her name? I don't know. Oh. You don't know I didn't write it her. down. Okay. So Richard and Polly were found by a passing motorist. And at first, the driver thought that they were asleep, but they were not. I wouldn't. I never, I never want to find something like this. Yeah. So Richard was in between the front seats on his knees with his head resting on his crossed hands and his pockets were turned inside out. And then Polly was face down in the back, in the back. In the back. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It's that kind of day. It is. It's really that kind of day. So Richard had been shot twice inside the car and it then appeared that both of them had been forced to like leave the car and killed outside of it and then placed back inside that's a lot of work you have to be strong enough it to is do a that. lot of work and both of them had been shot in the back of the head so like execution uh, style yeah. both were fully clothed um so it seems like he didn't make richard take his pants off but he, he thought did, that maybe that, that took too much time maybe but it's definitely interesting that he, he's at least trying to make it look like a robbery yeah you know the pockets so um there was also a blanket outside of the car um like on a patch of grass that was soaked in blood and oh. police believed that polly was shot on this blanket and Ugh. i just find it interesting like did the killer bring it or did they have a blanket there they probably or, had like, it it's just but then richard was shot in the car and then got yeah. like forced out Maybe he made her go sit out there. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very weird. Or they could have sat out earlier on it. And then got in and then the attacker came up when they're yeah. about to leave. Or like, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe know. Richard had gone back to the car before she had picked up the blanket. And Yeah. I don't know. It's just yeah. interesting. Police also found a thirty-two cartridge shell and they believed it had been shot by a Colt pistol wrapped in a blanket. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about guns. I know nothing. 
There were rumors that a sexual assault had also occurred in this attack, but it seems based on like more medical reports and stuff that this is untrue. Okay. Um, basically, we just like don't know. Yeah. And it also rained overnight, so any footprints that could have been found at the scene were washed away. That sucks. And additionally, lots of random people saw police cars rushing to the scene or like had heard about the murder. So like random people just showed all up. All over. And were just walking all over the scene. <sighs> That's the worst. Yep. But after this attack, police started to gather a really large investigation, including police departments from both sides of the state line, which is great. Good. And then they also brought in the FBI. So and like, still in Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think it's at this point they had like Texas Rangers start coming in. Like yeah. they had like lots okay. of different law enforcement agencies Good. come in. Um, they questioned 50 to 60 people and had over 100 false leads. Huh. However, police still didn't believe this was connected to the first attack, which is just so messed Why up. Why would you not? It's Literally, a couple on a secluded street. Yeah. Mary and Jimmy were like, are you kidding, kidding. me? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Why would you not think that? Unfortunately, on April 13th, 1946, the second double murder happened. And in this case, there's a lot of escalation in timeline. So this happened only three weeks after the last attack, and the next one happens two weeks later. So it's like every time he's escalating by like a week. Okay. So, I don't like that. Yeah. On Saturday, April 13th, 15-year-old Betty Jo Booker went to her regular gig with her band at the VFW Club. I feel like I've heard the name Betty Jo a lot in tr- cases. I don't know. Interesting. I don't it might know. not be true, but the name just sounds so familiar. Okay. Um, So she played alto saxophone and this was like a regular Saturday occurrence. Um, It was also really cool for her to be part of this band. They had only started recruiting women for it because like all of the men were like out to war and stuff or like hadn't come back. And so way to go. Betty Jo. That's her name, right? Yes. So at 1.30 a.m. on that Sunday morning, Betty's friend, 16 year old Paul Martin showed up to pick her up from the performance, which that's a late gig for a 15 year old. Wait, how late? 1 30 in the morning oh yeah no i don't even like going out no but it's also really sweet that paul was picking her up they were like friends since elementary school and it also sounds like he definitely had a crush on her how old was paul 15 16 16 a normal age gap i'm so sorry (laughs) my brain is all over but yeah yeah normal age caps i know we love that of them so around 6 30 that morning Paul's body was found lying by North Park Road. So this is only five hours after they left the So just show. his body was found. There. Yes. Okay. So he was laying on his left side and blood was found like further down the road. This is the one I'm remembering from this case. Me too. I, this is the one that's actually really was like yeah. really clear in my brain. Um, so he had been shot four times through the nose, the right hand, in the back, and then through the back of the neck. Oh, ouch. Yeah. All of those All hurt of those me. are really just awful ouch um betty's body was not found until 11 30 that morning it took them five hours to find her she was almost two miles away from martin oh dang she was like kind of hidden behind a tree and she was on her back fully clothed with her coat buttoned all the way up Mm. and her right hand was in the pocket of her coat weird she had been shot once in the chest and once in the face and she is believed to have been sexually assaulted and then redressed. Oh. Martin's Clear, car. I mean, that makes sense with how her clothes were yeah. on her. With the hand, the hand in the pocket okay. is so. Buttoned all the way up. Yeah. 
That's weird. All of it's so weird. So Martin's car was found three miles away from Betty's body and one and a half miles away from his body, parked outside of Spring Lake Park with the keys still in the ignition. It's like the distance in this one is so weird. Yeah, what are they doing? And they're yeah. they're 15 and 16 years yeah. old. Mm-hmm. Not that it was ever fine for any, I mean, the other girl was 17. But God, how old yeah. were the first two, do you know? 19, 19. and 25. Oh my gosh, they're just getting younger. So Betty's saxophone that she'd had because oh, it was yeah, a band I performance uh, was not found until six months later. That yeah. hurts me. As For some band- reason, that's the thing that sticks out about this one is the yeah, saxophone. as a band kid. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was, but yeah. it sucks. That's so weird. This is off topic, but the movie that they made about this case... They kept things like mostly true to the story, except for that part. And in the movie, they made her play the trombone and then the killer like kills her with the trombone. Oh, I don't like that. My sister plays the trombone and she's 15. That makes me want to hit someone. (laughs) Um, The weapon in these murders was the same 32 Colt pistol. Um, Yeah. And like I said, what I find super interesting about this one is the distance, especially considering that Polly and Richard were killed right next to the car. Yeah, and then dispersed. So it's like either it feels like the killer like realized, oh, I kind of like the chase. Yeah. Or something just went horrifically wrong and he had to like chase them all around to kill them. It just sounds like he just is trying different things. Like Mm -hmm. the first one, he let her run away and then liked catching up to her. But the second one wasn't like that. But this one feels like a mixture of the first two. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I had to process. No, it's the- it's really weird. Yeah. So after this third attack, fear really started escalating in, in Texarkana. Yeah. So if their husbands were out of town, women would check into like hotels. Anyone who didn't already own a gun bought one and slept with them by their beds. People were like stringing up pots and pans in front of their doors as like makeshift alarm I mean, systems. That makes sense. Um, People were like shooting at neighbors if they saw them like too late at night. That sounds like the ghost of Hammersmith. <laughs> Sorry. We'll, do, we'll talk about that at some point. And at this point, the killer was dubbed the Phantom Killer by the Texarkana yes. Gazette. Can I ask a question? Actually, I thought yeah. I forgot it a second ago. Do you know if the gun that Zodiac used is different than the gun used in this or is it similar? I actually have no idea. Okay. I'm interested. I'm curious to see whenever we talk about Zodiac. Yeah. On May 3rd, the final crime occurred and... This was two weeks after the last attack, like I said. And this one happened on the Arkansas side. So it was three weeks, two weeks, two weeks? I think that it was like four weeks, three weeks, two two weeks. Two weeks, okay. I believe. Okay. So this one happened on the Arkansas side. And there are a lot of differences with this one. Like, Like really different. Could it be a copycat? So police are not even confident that it was the work of the Phantom Killer. Okay. But they have lumped them in together. Okay. It's also really possible that the Phantom Killer had to change his MO. Yeah. Because after the third, like second and third attacks, like police were really ramping up their surveillance in like Lover's Lane areas and stuff. Yeah. On both sides Mm -hmm. of the state line. Both sides. Okay. So like he might have had to completely change his MO just to not get caught. Okay. So yeah. If he's that smart, which Mm -hmm. I don't know that he is, but. So it's also interesting to note that all these crimes happened on a Friday or Saturday night. Even this one? Even this one. Okay. So it's not clear. Like it could have just been like more people are out on Friday and Saturday nights late at night. But also like, who knows? Maybe the killer had like a job or something. this is spring, summer. Spring, summer. It's like spring. Okay. This last one is in may okay may 3rd yeah people are like getting out of school and stuff Mm -hmm. and like getting out of their houses now that the weather's nice so on that friday sometime before 9 p.m 
37-year-old Virgil Starks. Whoa, yeah, that's different. And 36-year-old Katie Starks. Katie. <laughs> were in their it's ranch house. It's not me, everyone. It's not me. It's not Katie. So they're in their house. In their house. Nearly 10 miles outside of t- Texarkana. That's far. Yep. And it is along the highway that literally went right next to those lover's lanes. Okay. Literally most sense. of okay. them are right off the highway. Okay. So Virgil was sitting in the living room listening to the radio, sitting in his armchair, and Katie was in the bedroom laying on the bed. And she thought she heard a noise from the backyard, and she kind of called for Virgil to turn down the radio. But before he could, he was shot twice in the back of the head through a window three feet away. But yeah. It's pretty accurate, huh? Yeah. So Katie only heard the breaking of the glass. So she went to check on him and she saw him stand and then slump back down in the chair. Oh. Yeah. And she ran to check on him and found that he was dead and immediately ran to call the police. Which so. it's actually really lucky that they had a phone. Honestly, people believe that the killer didn't know that they had a phone. Gotcha. Like that he targeted them because he assumed like at this time, a They're lot of houses out. like far out like that didn't have them. Yeah. So she ran over to the phone and as she's starting to dial she also gets shot and this is also graphic it's like stuff with her face which i really hate oh i don't like that i know but i need to say it because her eyes or her teeth tell me now (laughs) teeth oh (laughs) but i need to tell you because she is so badass oh god so i hate this kind of stuff i know i knew you were gonna hate it because i hate it too i know So while she was dialing, she was shot twice in the face from the same exact window. So one bullet went in her right cheek and out by her left ear. And the other went into her chin. And it broke her jaw and knocked out several of her teeth. Oh, how did she ever talk again? And the bullet lodged itself in her tongue. Oh, no. I can't. I hate It's so bad. I hate anything with the face. Yeah. So Katie obviously fell to the ground. I did. (laughs) (laughs) But she managed to crawl to the bedroom. And meanwhile, she could hear the killer trying to get into the house. Oh, dang. And she originally planned. locked up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. We'll get to it later. But the bullets did not break the window. Like, it's just holes in the window. That is so crazy. I don't understand. I mean, mean, it's definitely possible. It's crazy how it works. But so. I feel like it's kind of like when people like do that tablecloth trick like so fast (laughs) i I don't think that's how it works but okay are you sure you don't know you don't know so she originally planned to try and write a note which is just like so heartbreaking honey he's like but it was this guy but as she heard the killer coming through the back side of the house she was like no i'm gonna get out so she ran through the house and out the front door in a nightgown barefoot and bleeding profusely yeah oh her poor face yeah So her sister lived right across the street. How fortunate. But when she got there, Katie found out that she and her husband weren't home. No. What time of night was this? Like 9 p.m. Oh, man. They're partiers. (laughs) (laughs) What? So Katie. What was her name? Kristen. (laughs) So Katie kept running to another neighbor's house. And when he opened the door, she just said, Virgil's dead. I mean, you could tell by her face that something is wrong. So the neighbors got help, which he got help by just shooting his gun into the air. And then another neighbor called the police. That's how it's done in Arkansas. (laughs) So they got help and they rushed Katie to the hospital. And though she was extremely hurt, they said that she did not go into shock and her heart rate stayed normal. She's badass. I know. It's her name, really. And also at one point, she, the man that was driving her, she handed him her tooth that uh-uh. had gold filled gold filling oh. in it. <laughs> I was like, don't do that. <laughs> and 
it's just like i wonder what was going through her brain at that point because i'm like payment is it payment is she asking him to hold on to it like, payment. it's definitely payment, it's payment right it's definitely payment <laughs> which is so funny <laughs> I so. will be honest and say, I would be like, you owe me this. I am dying. I You owe me this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not getting payment if you drive me to the hospital. Yeah, no. <laughs> that goes for ambulances. ambulances yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. You're terrible. <laughs> the healthcare system is messed up. so much money. I've never been in an ambulance, to be clear. Me neither. I don't want to. No. The scene at the house. So Virgil's chair had actually caught on fire, like not like blazing on fire, but like a little on fire What? because he had been using a heating pad at the time. What was their heating pad? I mean, it was like a heating pad in the 40s. So I think it just like caught on fire. How did it catch on fire? I don't know. Our heating pads now are like elect. Like, did they light a heat pad? No. How did they do that? I don't know. I mean, they had a phone. How would it catch on fire? I don't know. Oh my god! But it caught on fire. But thankfully, his body was untouched by the fire. There was a trail throughout the house of blood with scattered teeth that showed the path that Katie had taken throughout the house. Hmm. They reported only two bullet holes in the window, but there had been four shots. So hmm. sheriff, the sheriff concluded that an automatic rifle had been used in this killing. Hmm. So like that's different. each two shots yeah. was like only one hole. Yeah. Yeah. There was no evidence of robbery in this one. And also, I don't know, I didn't write this literally one line earlier, but the bullets were 22 caliber. So not different. the same at all. Uh, nothing. How did they and, connect this? Just because it was two people and a gun? Because it was a couple, because like it was a shooting, like that feels dumb, but okay. And because like nothing like this. Did like, she see him at all? No. She never saw his face like at all. So she doesn't, doesn't know, know if he, he was wearing, wearing a mask. Yeah. She, yeah. That's frustrating. Which, yeah. Which I mean, honestly, maybe he didn't wear him after the first one. If he knew he was going to kill them. Yeah. Maybe he didn't wear one because. No one knows. Yeah. Yeah. Those people are not allowed so. to tell you. Um, There were also bloody shoe prints and fingerprints around the house from the killer. And there was a flashlight found in a bush underneath the window that the victims were shot through. Okay. Flashlight is like the others or like the first one at least. Mm-hmm. And a picture of this flashlight was featured in the newspaper as the fir- as the Texarkana Gazette's first colored photograph. Wow. And they were like. Have Here's you seen this flashlight? flashlight? It's red, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> the color is useful. So, yeah. Was the flashlight in the first one red in the first I don't think shooting? That they remembered. First, no, they weren't shot. Yeah. yeah. So the killer's bloody footprints tracked through the living room. So he had made it inside. Hmm. And he exited through the front door. And from there, he walked across the highway. Where her sister's house was? I don't think she was across the, the highway. highway. Okay. Yeah. I think she was across the street. Okay. Yeah. Um, police brought in canine units, so they continued to track him for 200 yards along the highway. Dang. And then he crossed back over the highway and kept going that way, and the trail was lost about a half a mile later. That's pretty far, though, yeah. that they found that. That's what I was going to say. Like, he traveled far yeah. on foot, which is just really weird. He's quick. Yeah. So while police tried to investigate this crime, they encountered a lot of issues from the hysteria. Um, Whenever they would try and go to ask if anyone had seen or heard anything, people would yell at them from the porch, like, identify yourself or get shot. Yeah. (laughs) So they had a lot of issues with that. But a few hours before police were called to the scene, so a few hours before the attack, Mm -hmm. um, some investigators were driving out of town 
and they spotted an old car parked along the highway. With no one in it? With no one in it. Okay. And they were kind of like in a rush, so they didn't pull over to check it out. But they do believe that it might have been the killer's car. Yeah. It also so. could have just, people just leave their cars on the road all the yeah. time, too. Mm-hmm. How far did you say again from the house? I don't know, actually. Okay. It just said, it did say near the railroad. Okay. So, I don't know. <laughs> Is that near their house? I mean, it's all like Texarkana is a railroad hub. So oh, yeah, like, lots of railroads going in. Okay. I know. Yeah. But. So fear of the phantom killer continued throughout the summer. Um, state troopers were brought in to patrol and help investigate. And based on the timeline, they really expected to have another attack around May 24th. A week later? Uh, it would have been three weeks later. Okay. So I don't know why they went with three weeks. Also, I will say at this time, they also thought it might have been like based on the moon. That's kind of why it's called oh. the Moonlight Murders. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah. You're getting very fancy. Yeah. So one never happened, thankfully. Ooh. Um. And troopers eventually left town quietly, kind of hoping that the phantom killer would still think that they were there. Yeah, makes sense. And no No. other attacks happened. That was the end of the attacks. Maybe they died. Maybe, hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) But I do have two suspects in this case. Hold on. Do we ever know if any other similar attacks happened anywhere else in the country that would be related to i mean the only one i can think of is zodiac but zodiac is also completely different yeah okay (laughs) i was just wondering if maybe because they moved elsewhere i've already started my research for zodiac spoiler which is why i thought you might know about the gun but which i don't know the gun i don't know anything about guns i don't remember that he does wear a hood in one of them but it's very it's different yeah and also, I think he has a lot more fun taunting the police and stuff. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there were, but... Yeah. There are two suspects, like I said. I'm going to go ahead and on record and say I think the second one is pretty compelling. So. Okay. Well, you shouldn't have told me. I need to figure it out. I'm just okay. kidding. I'm fine. <laughs> Katie's going to solve it. Yeah. So we're going to start with the first suspect, and his name is H.B. Duty <laughs> Tennyson. <laughs> You knew what you were doing. <laughs> I did. You knew what you were doing. How they did you spell him Duty. it? D-O-O-D-I-E. That is what I would call him too. That's what I'm calling him. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what his nickname. That's what he like. Duty. That's what everyone called him. Yeah. Maybe he deserves it. This is a really bright. So I honestly, I don't think this kid deserved it. I don't, I mean, I don't know much about him. So, so in 1948, two years after the murders, an 18 year old boy, Duty, from Texarkana committed suicide. And in his note, he said, quote, why did I take my own life? Well, when you committed two double murders, you would too. Yes. I did kill Betty Jo Booker and Paul Martin in the city park that night and killed Mr. Starks and tried to get Mrs. Starks. You wouldn't have guessed it. I did it when mother was either out or asleep and no one saw me do it. For the guns, I disassembled them and discarded them in different places. So he was 18, you said? 18. So Hmm. something else that is kind of compelling is that he worked at the movie theater where some of them had gone on dates before they were murdered he only talked about two of them though Mm -hmm. and he also did play in the band with betty joe booker they weren't friends but he like wait the school band or the band she performed in that night it sounds like it was the band she performed in that okay. night. But it also might have been the school band. It wasn't super clear. Okay. Um, Not that, that Actually, is. honestly, it might have been the school band. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. That's kind of compelling. But oh, poor he, duty. He also would have been 16 when the murders were committed. Yeah. Which seems pretty unlikely. 
And it seems unlikely that he would have just stopped. Yeah. He also didn't learn how to drive until 1947. Oh, after it's over. Yeah. And yeah. a friend told police that they had been playing cards together the night of Virgil Stark's death. Oh. And also, in other notes found by police, Dewey essentially absolved himself and was like, don't trust my suicide note. Like, he basically wrote, like, several notes, I think, and kind of uh, was just, like, trying to, to think of a reason why... Mm. that like was more than just like i'm unhappy you yeah. know mm. honestly i don't sad. think no that he i don't did think it, he did it and either. i just feel really bad for him and his family i feel so. bad for his name and that this is what he <laughs> did like, like had to like say as a reason yeah to like quote unquote just i don't know yeah it sucks. it's just like all of it's it sad. really sucks but also the name duty is not like That's like there's a guy name. no it's not his last name oh just his nickname it's his i thought it was his last name no hb was that his first hb tennyson and they tennyson called him or duty tennyson. tennyson tennyson how did they get the nickname <laughs> i don't know it reminds me of it's american vandal when he like sits on like chocolate or dirt or something at and then they all call him Shitstain McLean. <laughs> That's like that. That's what it is. If you have not seen American Vandal, so you good. need to watch season two first. Actually, no, just watch the whole thing. It's so it's good. It's all good, though. but season two is elite. Best. Yes. But anyway, it's just That's what that reminds me of. That's mean. Yeah. Well, okay. And then they all think he did the the brown out because of that nickname. That's why they all think yeah. he did it. It all connects. <laughs> it's all connecting. Yeah. So oh now gosh. we're going to talk about the suspect that most people believe. Okay. Did Give it. me the facts. Here are the facts. I'll tell you that it's solved or not. <laughs> this man's name is Ewell Swinney. Ewell? Like some people say U-L. Ewell. It's literally U-E-L-L. Okay. Y-O-U-E-L-L. Y-O-U. Ewell. Okay. Ewell. Ewell Swinney. So Ewell Swinney was a known car thief. And each time the phantom killer struck, a car was reported stolen in the area and later abandoned at a different place. Okay. I'm sold on that. And police are like, that's kind of weird because like most car thieves, like you're either going to like sell it yeah. or like move it out of state. Like you're not yeah. going to just abandon it. Like yeah. you're going to go, you go through the effort of stealing it. What's the point? Mm -hmm. Um. So police tracked down one of these stolen cars, which they had found abandoned and they staked it out and eventually arrested a 21 year old woman named Peggy Swinney. Oh. And that was the name of your old car. What was. a coincidence. <laughs> But she had literally, like, just married Yule. Uh, it could have been a wedding gift. <laughs> like, they just got married. So, Yule, like I said, had a long criminal record. Uh, he started being in crime <laughs> when he was only 12 years old. He dipped his toe he dipped his in the toe crime in pool. When he was 12. Oh, great. Um, his history included burglary, counterfeiting, car theft, robbery, and assault. Oh. Yeah. Those all mm -hmm. really tie in. The last one really goes with the other ones. Yep. And he had also, you know, been in prison multiple times. At, at 12? The, no, 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 no. Oh, like, over the years. Over the years. <laughs> okay. And it's at like, the at time. <laughs> for, he did all this at 12? At the time of the attacks, or at the time that he got caught, actually, he had only been out of prison for six months, which would have put it him Perfect getting out timing. about january or february and the first attack happened february, february 2nd 22nd february on february <laughs> <laughs> um 29 year old yule swinney was arrested for car theft 
two weeks after his wife was caught. So it took a while for them to find him. Yeah. And where did his wife think he went? Well, she didn't know where he was. Like, yeah, where did she think he went? Did they not ask her, where's your husband? I'm sure they did. Well, we're going to get to her and her story. She's a a mess too, huh? So when he was arrested, he turned to the arresting officer and said, hell, I know you want me for more than just stealing cars. (laughs) And it's like, okay, so he's a little little aware. Um, He also apparently asked if they were going to give him the death penalty. Okay, you know what you did. And it's like, um... And honestly, it seems like he thought they were getting him for something else. And then he realized they only had him for the car theft. And he kind of shut up. Oh, yeah. I think he's like kind of smart, but not really. Yeah. So I also want to note that Yul Swinney does kind of have like a tan complexion. So it could explain like why Mary thought thought that he was like a light skinned black man. Yeah. Like he worked outside a lot. He had like a very tan. Are you going to post a picture? I will. There's literally like one picture of him. Oh, yeah. It's weird. I'm looking him up. So. Now we're going to get into Peggy's statements, which are very confusing. So she gave two very contradictory stories, but both of which implicate Yule in the attack on Betty Jo Booker and Paul Martin. So yeah, isn't he creepy looking? terrifying. Sorry. Hello. Imagine that looking at at you through a tiny little mask. Who is he with? Is this like a lineup of people that are supposed to look like him? I actually don't know. Is that, is that his why? I'll find out. <laughs> Probably. Okay, anyway, sorry. So in her initial statement, Peggy told police that on April 13th, the day before Betty and Paul's murder, she and her then boyfriend, Yule, went to Spring Lake Park and drank some beers in the car. Casual. Sounds safe. Yep. <laughs> and after a while, Yule went to, quote, take a leak. <laughs> and I think that's such a funny way of saying go to the bathroom. So um, he was gone for an hour. Um, Maybe he had to poop. <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. In the lake. Um, so he's gone for an hour. While he was gone, Peggy said that she heard two gunshots. Mm. And when he came back, he was wet up to his waist, which the two gunshots. Wait, what's the timeline for this one? The first one or the second? third hmm? which which does this line up with which murder yeah the third one third one betty okay. joe and paul okay um there were six total shots in that murder so hearing two shots doesn't totally make sense yeah but maybe he did you say he had a blanket that was in the second one okay maybe he had one in the third one too and maybe but it, it also could have been i guess if he if betty joe was closer to this scene like closer to where peggy yeah, was maybe because she, betty joe was only shot twice maybe she only heard hers yeah so i don't know that's fair but he was also wet up to his waist it's yeah. like what are you you went and washed yourself off in the lake like me if he came back yeah so later though her story drastically changed oh peggy so eggs what are you doing later peggy said that yule had told her he was going to park somewhere to rob someone ah and so she went with him up to paul's car where Yule pointed a gun at Paul and Betty Joe, and it's about to get really confusing. So she said that she was there for that? Yeah. She's like in the car with him. Oh my gosh. And he like made her kind of participate. Why is she, is she turning him in or are they like, do they already have him? I think they kind of suspected him. Okay. And, but she just starts giving these statements. Gosh. Yeah. She's, I mean, if he he thinks she's on his side, he is horribly mistaken. Well, she kind of flip flops. Yeah. So Yule ordered Betty and Paul to get out of the car. And when he did, Peggy kind of refused to help him like rob them. She's like, I don't really want a part of that kind of thing. And at this point, Yule got angry and shot Paul twice. He then made Peggy hold Betty in place and he went to get 
get his car and like brought it closer. So I guess they like parked farther away, like walked up. Yeah. He went and got in his car, brought it back, put both of the women in the car and he started to drive west. But then as he did, he like saw behind him that Paul had gotten up. Paul was alive. So he turned back around went and shot Paul two more times. Mm. And he then like kept driving elsewhere. And then he parked again. He left Peggy in the car and took Betty Joe into the woods, uh. which is where he tried to assault her and then shot her when she like fought back. Mm-hmm. And in this story, Peggy also mentioned Paul had a like date book, like a planner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that it had been thrown into the bushes like during the struggle. And this fact they found it well the sheriff found it in their searches <gasps> this was only known by the sheriff okay he was the only person oh that yeah knew that. she was there so or she or he told her what like, happened yeah so uh, why is this unsolved i know are you gonna so, tell me why it's unsolved kind of oh my yes, gosh we'll get to it so at one point peggy also mentioned asking yule who killed those people and he said someone with a brilliant mind someone with more sense than the cops uh it was him yeah he's too narcissistic so police took yule to little little rock literal rock <laughs> and they gave him sodium pentothal which police use as truth serum that's what i thought you were going to say yep <laughs> which is stupid yeah like that's that not, also yeah. feels like i remember that from this case yeah that and the sex <laughs> which that's like not legit but anyway so they gave him too much and he passed out. Ah. Which I think like Knocked. what's so weird about that is I'm like, okay, if they believe the truth serum would work, why wouldn't they just try again? Yeah. Like wake him up. Like, get up, man. Answer the question. Or like give it a few days, give him a like less. Yeah. And try again. They were just like, ah, oh, dang it. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> like, okay. You know, maybe it's for the best that they didn't give him like something weird again. Yeah. I mean like they could kill him maybe yeah, if they so. kept trying stuff. I don't know. Don't come at me if you know chemistry. I don't know anything. <laughs> Everyone's like, how dare you? How dare you think that that's poison? I have no idea. So Peggy, because she had married Yule just hours before she was taken into custody, <laughs> she couldn't be compelled to testify against him. Yeah. And but Yule, she did. So she wrote the statement, but she refused to sign it. Oh, what? And mm, I won't. Yeah. She refused to testify. She refused to sign the statement. And Yule did send her a letter at one point and like begged her not to say anything. So oh, because she wouldn't testify, totally they don't actually have anything that they can use in court. That's stupid. Isn't it? Because Why? there's no there's no hard evidence. Yeah. It's the 40s. Yeah. So. The the pocketbook, though. I know. And the fact that she, that would have got him right there. That Literally. The, the little black book. <laughs> the little black book. <laughs> that would have gotten him. It's so... If she had signed it, probably. So Peggy was jailed for being an accessory to car theft. Oh, Peggy. And Yule was never charged for the murders, but he was given a life sentence in state prison for okay. auto theft and being a habitual criminal. Thank goodness. Which I didn't know that was like how, a thing, but... Um, how long after the last murder did this all happen that he got caught? This happened in... It's The whole ordeal started in the end of June. Okay, so, so it had been like after. a month and a half. Okay, but not that long after. Okay. Yeah. That would... I just still don't know why he didn't... Why it didn't continue until that. Well, and I will say during some of that time, he was traveling around to try and sell stolen cars. Okay, okay. Okay. So, huh. um, it unfortunately... It still feels like a weird de-escalation to being like, okay... I got to go to this other side hustle mm-hmm. with these cars I was abandoning. Yeah. It feels weird. It is weird. But it's also like if he did. I the- guess he was hoping that he would cool off 
the police would go away. He could come mm-hmm. back and do it again. Maybe. And also, if he did commit the Starks murder, like maybe he thought, I'm never going to let anyone get away again. Yeah. And then she survived and got away. Yeah. And it's like maybe even he wasn't wearing a mask because yeah. he never thought. Like there's Anything just so many things that like. Yeah. Um, he was released in 1973 on appeal. No. Yep. Is he still alive? He died in 94. <sighs> Before yeah. I was alive. Thank <laughs> yeah. God. Another serial killer. So not alive while I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. He died in 94. Also, Katie Starks, I think she also died in 94. Oh. And she's so unfortunate. But so there is one last thing I want to mention that has sometimes been connected to the Phantom Killer. Okay. On Tuesday, June 1st, 1948. <gasps> our so siblings' our birthday. birthday. Um, but two years after most of well, all of the murders, mm-hmm. a 21-year-old girl named Virginia Carpenter went missing from Texarkana. And some people believe that she was a victim of the Phantom Killer, especially because she knew some of the other victims. Mm. However, it happened on a Tuesday morning, two oh. years after the last attack. No. It like didn't really match the MO. And also, if you believe that Yule did it, he couldn't, he have. couldn't have been. No, killer, that doesn't so. make sense. I don't think it's connected, but I did think it's worth mentioning. Yeah. But yeah. How big is the city of Texarkana? At the time, I think it was probably around like 20,000 people. Okay. So it was really like, I think it was a big like hub for people passing through. That's fair. That would make sense why crime would be something a little bit. So Texarkana has since embraced the history surrounding these murderers. Murders? Murders. I can't speak. The movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown was made Mm. based on the case. And it is shown every Halloween at Spring Lake Park, where the third murders took place. That feels really not good. Yeah. They also have a yearly phantom ball to benefit a local charity, which, like, I mean, at least it's benefiting charity. Maybe just do, like, Phantom of the Opera. (laughs) And also, have you ever heard of the hook hand urban legend? Maybe. It's like the couple on a lover's lane and there's like a crazy man with a hook hand. I probably, and it's like, yeah. I don't know. But that's based on this case. Mm. And I've heard like different versions of it. But I remember being told a version of it in middle school and it freaked me out. So uh, nightmares. Yeah. But that is the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. I know why you like that one. Well, not like it. I know why you're it's interested in that one. Very Zodiac. It is very Zodiac. Yeah. But, so yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a doozy. It really is. It's so weird the things that stick out. The saxophone and the truth serum are what I rem- I'm like, oh, I remember thinking that was strange. Like, yeah. being like that's very specific details. Well, and the saxophone thing is just weird that they didn't find it. It was literally just like in the bushes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really pissed but that she never signed. Isn't that. that so annoying? Yeah. I think he did I'm it. mad he got out. I know. He was out for a while before he died. 20 years almost. 20 years. More than 20 years. I do know that I was watching a documentary about it and they had a little tiny clip of him and like before he died, like, they tried to do an interview with him, but he had had a stroke. And so you like uh, really couldn't understand what he was saying. But he was saying like pretty clearly like denying it. Like he was trying to say of he was course he was. and stuff. So Of course he was. So yeah. Okay. It's unsolved, but. Kind of solved. Kind of solved. All right. There you go, Texas. We we did it for you. Your reward is we solved <laughs> <Our> reward. it. <laughs> um, sorry if that was all over the place. Yeah. No, I don't think it was. We're losing our minds. Yeah. It's late. It is. Well, if you liked hanging out with us, then you should follow us on all the things. 
on Instagram at Something Sick Podcast or on Twitter at ASIC Podcast or TikTok at Something Sick Podcast or send us an email at Something Sick Podcast at gmail.com. Heck yeah. And we still have stickers available if anyone wants them. Yes, please. Well, and we'll talk to you next time, homies. Peace out. Bye. Love you. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.